If our handling of the scriptures is such that one who belongs to the kingdom of darkness can week after week sit and absorb this without being deeply offended by it, then our message is broken. They are astonished, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. As we think about Jesus' teaching here, wouldn't it have been incredible to be there, to have been there in that synagogue? Wouldn't it have been amazing to have been there and heard that? But, you know, the scriptures teach us that in a real sense, all of the authentic teaching and preaching of the scriptures is the same way. All of the anointed preaching of God's word is done by Christ himself. This is why Paul says to the, remember back in Ephesians chapter two, remember what Paul says to the Ephesians? He says, and and Christ preached peace to you. Jesus had never been to Ephesus, but Paul had, and Paul had preached Christ to them. And Paul can say, when I preached Christ to you, it was Christ preaching to you. It was the spirit of Christ using the words of Christ and in the power of Christ preaching that word directly to you. Remember what Peter says in 2 Peter 1? He's talking about that Mount of Transfiguration, this, this Mount of Transfiguration, probably the most incredible experience of his life as he's on the mountaintop with James and John and there's Jesus and then the cloud comes and envelops them and they hear the voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Remember as, as Peter in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, he says, what an incredible experience that was, but we have something better. We have something far more sure. We have the written word of God. So in a real way, this isn't shortchanging in any way. In a real way, when the spirit anointed preaching of God's word happens, it is Christ preaching that to our hearts. It is the Holy Spirit who knows our hearts and knows the mind of God, applying and teaching that word to us. But now let's take a look at their reaction. We see the reaction of their astonishment. Now let's look at verse 23 at one other reaction. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And we'll stop right there because we're not going to today get into the casting out of the unclean spirit. That's for next week. But it is important that we tie at least a portion of this together. And the portion that we're going to tie together is the reaction of this man with the unclean spirit. He just sort of loses it, goes crazy. You can picture in your mind a room full of people who are stunned into speechlessness. And then in the back of the room, there's this rowdy guy that stands up. I know who you are. Get out of here. I know you're the Holy One of God. You're here to destroy us, aren't you? This begs to ask the question, where did this guy come from? Where, Where do you think this guy came from? I think there's two and only two options of where this guy came from. Number one, the first option is this just happened to be the, the, the Sabbath that he came to synagogue. He had been not coming to synagogue for 
a couple years and just had been thinking he needs to get back into synagogue. And, and well, this was just the day that he decided to go back. Or maybe his friend had been inviting him to come, to come to synagogue for six months now. And he just always had an excuse. Every single Sabbath was this or every, was that. Or, and this was the Sabbath that he said, all right, I'm going to go. And here he is for the first time in the assembly of God's people. And he hears these words of Jesus and the demon that lives within him then takes over and starts speaking. That's option one, which I think to be highly unlikely. You know, I think is much more likely. I think this man was there every Sabbath. And week after week, he stood in the synagogue and heard teaching that was so off topic, that was so powerless, that was so focused on irrelevant minutiae, so far missing the point of the scriptures that the demon within him found no reason to even object. I think that's much more likely. And here this one Sabbath where Jesus now is in Capernaum and for the first time in years, maybe more, what is preached in the synagogue is truth. What is preached in the synagogue is relevant. What is preached in the synagogue is taking the scriptures and explaining them and expounding upon them. And the one in whom this demon has been happy to reside now for so many years, all of a sudden he now hears something that's so abrasive that he can't keep his mouth shut. Isn't that sad? That the people of God could come together week after week, assuming this scenario is true, that the people of God could come together week after week and what is fed to them through their ears is no more offensive than a demon from hell need not even speak up. What's even sadder is that week after week on the Christian Sabbath right now, there are thousands of assemblies of those people who would call themselves the people of God who are listening to a bunch of stories mixed in with a few jokes and maybe a scripture verse scattered in there. And the teaching of God's word is so weak and so pathetic that even those who don't believe it find no reason to get up and walk out. The preaching of God's word should be offensive. Not because we enjoy offending people, but because the message cannot be anything other than offensive to the kingdom of darkness. The message that you have deeply offended your maker. And you have offended your maker not by just a few things you've done. You've offended your maker by who you are by the sinner that you are. And not only can you not even come close to doing what you can never do, but there's only one who can do what needs to be done, which is please your maker. 
You can't even begin to start pleasing your maker because you are so hopelessly trapped into that which is so deeply offensive to your maker. And there's nothing you can do about it except cast yourself upon another. If our handling of the scriptures is such that one who belongs to the kingdom of darkness can week after week after week sit and absorb this without being deeply offended by it, then our message is broken. And our handling of that message is faulty and wrong because this demon-possessed man shows us in clear fashion what the kingdom of darkness should think when they hear the scriptures explained and applied. They should think, shut your mouth. I don't want to hear that nonsense. Get out of here. Either you get out or I get out. So his reaction is one of great helpfulness for us. It's not our goal to ever intentionally be offensive to the world. But if the world can hear our message and just think, oh, that's a, that's a nice message, then that's not the message of the kingdom of light. One last thing for us to see in the passage and then we'll land the plane. The last thing that we want to see is Jesus, of course, verse 22 They were astonished at his teaching. He taught them as one who had authority. Here's this picture of this synagogue full of people and they just can't even speak. They're so moved by what Jesus has said. Let's connect that together to a passage of Scripture that's coming a few chapters later. In your notes, I reference Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus proclaims woe upon not only Chorazin and Bethsaida, but also upon Capernaum. He says, woe to you, Capernaum. For if the things that I've done here, I'd done them over in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes long ago. So the last application that that shows us is this. It's simply not enough to admire true biblical preaching. It's simply not enough. It's simply not enough to appreciate true, right biblical preaching. It's simply not enough to even believe it. For you must be converted. You must hear it and you must be converted. You must hear it and you must be driven to repentance. And you must hear it and you must be flooded with a trust and a faith in another. It's not enough just to hear it and think, wow, that's wonderful teaching. I've never heard that like that before. There have been many, maybe I shouldn't say many, there have been those who have at various times said to me, wow, your handling of the scriptures, I've never heard anything like that. That's that's wonderful. Only to fall away later. It's not enough to hear the scriptures and appreciate it. It's not enough to hear the scriptures and admire them. It's not enough to even hear the scriptures and be astounded at the truth that's brought to you. You must be converted. 